Chapter One of Culture and Cooking, or Art in the Kitchen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Culture and Cooking, or Art in the Kitchen, by Catherine Owen. Chapter One Preface and a Few Preliminary Remarks. This is not a cookery book it makes no attempt to replace a good one it is rather an effort to fill up the gap between you and your household oracle whether she be one of those exasperating old friends who maddened our mother with their vagueness or the newer and better lights of our own generation the latest and best of all being a lady as well known for her novels as for her works on domestic economy one more proof if proof were needed of the truth i endeavor to set forth if somewhat tediously forgive me in this little book that cooking and cultivation are by no means antagonistic who does not remember with affectionate admiration charlotte bronte taking the eyes out of the potatoes stealthily for fear of hurting the feelings of her purblind old servant or margaret fuller shelling peas the chief difficulty i fancy with women trying recipes is that they fail and know not why they fail and so become discouraged and this is where i hope to step in but although this is not a cookery book insomuch as it does not deal chiefly with recipes i shall yet give a few but only when they are or i believe them to be better than those in general use or good things little known or supposed to belong to the domain of a french chef of which i have introduced a good many should i succeed in making things that were obscure before clear to a few women i shall be as proud as was mademoiselle de genlis when she boasts in her memoirs that she has taught six new dishes to a german housewife six new dishes when brulat savarin says he who has invented one new dish has done more for the pleasure of mankind than he who has discovered a star chapter one a few preliminary remarks alexandra dumas pere after writing five hundred novels says i wish to close my literary career with a book on cooking and in the hundred pages or so of preface or perhaps overture would be the better word since in it a group of literary men while contributing recondite recipes flourish trumpets in every key to his huge volume he says i wish to be read by people of the world and practised by people of the art jean de l'art and although i wish like every one who writes to be read by all the world i wish to aid the practice not of the professors of the culinary art but those whose aspirations point to an enjoyment of the good things of life but whose means of attaining them are limited there is a great deal of talk now about cooking in a lesser degree it takes its place as a popular topic with ceramics modern antiques and household art the fact of it being in a mild way fashionable may do a little good to the eating world in general and it may make it more easy to convince young women of refined proclivities that the art of cooking is not beneath their attention to know that the queen of england's daughters and of course the cream of the london fair have attended the lectures on the subject delivered at south kensington and that a young lady of rank sir james cole's daughter has been recording angel to the association 
is in fact the r c c who edits the official handbook of cookery but notwithstanding all that has been done by south kensington lectures in london and miss corson's cooking school in new york to popularize the culinary art one may go into a dozen houses and find the ladies of the family with sticky fingers scissors and gum pot busily porcelainizing clay jars and not find one where they are as zealously trying to work out the problems of the official handbook of cookery i have nothing to say against the artistic distractions of the day anything that will induce love of the beautiful and remove from us the possibility of a return to the horrors of haircloth and brocatelle and crochet tidies will be a stride in the right direction but what i do protest against is the fact that the same refined girls and matrons who so love to adorn their houses that they will spend hours improving a pickle jar medievalizing their furniture or decorating the dinner service will shirk everything that pertains to the preparation of food as dirty disagreeable drudgery and sit down to a commonplace ill-prepared meal served on those artistic plates as complacently as if dainty food were not a refinement as if heavy rolls and poor bread burnt or greasy steak and wilted potatoes did not smack of the shanty just as loudly as coarse crockery or rag carpet indeed far more so the carpet and crockery may be due to poverty but a dainty meal or its reverse will speak volumes for innate refinement or its lack in the woman who serves it you see by my speaking of rag carpets and dainty meals in one breath that i do not consider good things to be the privilege of the rich alone there are a great many dainty things the household of small or moderate means can have just as easily as the most wealthy beautiful bread light white crisp costs no more than the tough thick-crusted boulder with cavities like eye-sockets that one so frequently meets with as homemade bread as hood says who has not met with homemade bread a heavy compound of putty and lead delicious coffee is only a matter of care not expense and indeed in america the cause of poor food even in a boarding-house is seldom in the quality of the articles so much as in the preparation and selection of them yet an epicure can breakfast well with fine bread and butter and good coffee and this leads me to another thing many people think that to give too much attention to food shows gluttony i have heard a lady say with a tone of virtuous rebuke when the conversation turned from fashions to cooking i give very little time to cooking we eat to live only which is exactly what an animal does eating to live is mere feeding brulat savarin an abstemious eater himself among other witty things on the same topic says l'animal se repay l'homme mange l'homme d'esprit sur ses manger nine people out of ten when they call a man an epicure mean it as a sort of reproach a man who is averse to everyday food one whom plain fare would fail to satisfy but grimaud de la reyniere the most celebrated gourmet of his day author of almanac des gourmands an authority on all matters culinary of the last century said a true epicure can dine well on one dish provided it is excellent of its kind excellent that is it a little care will generally secure to us 
the refinement of having only on the table what is excellent of its kind if it is but potatoes and salt let the salt be ground fine and the potatoes white and mealy thackeray says an epicure is one who never tires of brown bread and fresh butter and in this sense every new yorker who has his rolls from the brevoort house and uses darlington butter is an epicure there seems to me more mere animalism in wading through a long bill of fare eating three or four indifferently cooked vegetables fish meat poultry each second-rate in quality or made so by bad cooking and declaring that you have dined well and are easy to please than there is in taking pains to have a perfectly broiled chop a fine potato and a salad on which any true epicure could dine well while on the former fare he would leave the table hungry spencer points a moral for me when he says speaking of the irish in fifteen eighty that wherever they found a plot of shamrocks or watercresses they had a feast but there were gourmets even among them for some gobbled the green food as it came and some picked the faultless stalks and looked for the bloom on the leaf thus it is when i speak of good living i do not mean expensive living or high living but living so that the table may be as elegant as the dishes on which it is served i believe there exists a feeling not often expressed perhaps but prevalent among young people that for a lady to cook with her own hands is vulgar to love to do it shows that she is of low intellectual calibre a sort of drawing-room bridget when or how this idea arose it would be difficult to say for in the middle ages cooks were often noble a montmorency was chef de cuisine to philip of valois montesquieu descended and was not ashamed of his descent from the second cook of the connetable de bourbon who ennobled him and from lord bacon brightest greatest meanest of mankind who took it is said great interest in cooking to talleyrand the machiavelli of france who spent an hour every day with his cook we find great men delighting in the art as a recreation it is surprising that such an essentially artistic people as americans should so neglect an art which a great french writer calls the science mignon of all distinguished men of the world napoleon the great so fully recognized the social value of keeping a good table that although no gourmet himself he wished all his chief functionaries to be so keep a good table he told them if you get into debt for it i will pay and later one of his most devoted adherents the marquis de coucy out of favor with louis the eighteenth on account of that very devotion found his reputation as a gourmet very serviceable to him a friend applied for a place at court for him which louis refused till he heard that m de coucy had invented the mixture of cream strawberries and champagne when he granted the petition at once nor is this a solitary instance in history where culinary skill has been a passport to fortune to its possessor savarin relates that the chevalier d'aubigny exiled from france was in london in utter poverty notwithstanding which by chance he was invited to dine at a tavern frequented by the young bucks of that day after he had finished his dinner a party of young gentlemen who had been observing him from their table sent one of their number with many apologies and excuses to beg of him 
as a son of a nation renowned for their salads to be kind enough to mix theirs for them he complied and while occupied in making the salad told them frankly his story and did not hide his poverty one of the gentlemen as they parted slipped a five-pound note into his hand and his need of it was so great that he did not obey the prompting of his pride but accepted it a few days later he was sent for to a great house and learned on his arrival that the young gentleman he had obliged at the tavern had spoken so highly of his salad that they begged him to do the same thing again a very handsome sum was tendered him on his departure and afterwards he had frequent calls on his skill until it became the fashion to have salads prepared by daubigny who became a well-known character in london and was called the fashionable salad maker in a few years he amassed a large fortune by this means and was in such request that his carriage would drive from house to house carrying him and his various condiments for he took with him everything that could give variety to his concoctions from one place where his services were needed to another the contempt for this art of cooking is confined to this country and to the lower middle classes in england by the lower middle classes i mean what carlyle terms the geography i e people sufficiently well-to-do to keep a gig or phaeton well-to-do tradesmen small professional men the class whose womankind would call themselves genteel and many absurd stories are told of the determined ignorance and pretense of these would-be ladies but in no class above this is a knowledge of cooking a thing to be ashamed of in england indeed so far from that being the case indifference to the subject or lack of understanding and taste for certain dishes is looked upon as a sort of proof of want of breeding not to like curry macaroni or parmesan pate de foie gras mushrooms and such like is a sign that you have not been all your life accustomed to good living mr hardy in his pair of blue eyes cleverly hits this prejudice when he makes mr swancourt say i knew the fellow wasn't a gentleman he had no acquired tastes never took worcestershire sauce abroad many women of high rank and culture devote a good deal of time to a thorough understanding of the subject we have a lady of the lordly line of proud st clair writing for us dainty dishes and doing it with a zest that shows she enjoys her work although she does once in a while forget something she ought to have mentioned and later still we have miss rose coles writing the official handbook of cookery but it is in graceful refined france that cookery is and has been a pet art any bill of fare or french cookery book will betray to a thoughtful reader the attention given to the subject by the wittiest gayest and most beautiful women and the greatest men the high-sounding names attached to french standard dishes are no mere caprice or homage of a french cook to the great in the land but actually point out their inventor thus bechamel was invented by the marquis de bechamel as a sauce for codfish where filet de l'apereau a la berry were invented by the duchess de berry daughter of the regent orleans who himself invented pen a la d'orleans while to richelieu we are indebted for hundreds of dishes besides the renowned mayonnaise caille a la mirepoix chartreuse a la mauconseil poulet a la villeroy 
betray the tastes of the three great ladies whose name they bear but not in courts alone has the art had its devotees almost every great name in french literature brings to mind something its owner said or did about cooking dumas who was a prince of cooks and of whom it is related that in eighteen sixty when living at varennes st mar dividing his time as usual between cooking and literature lorsqu'il ne faisait pas sauter un roman il faisait sauter des petites oignons on mount joy a young artist friend and neighbor going to see him he cooked dinner for him going into the poultry yard after donning a white apron he wrung the neck of a chicken then to the kitchen garden for vegetables which he peeled and washed himself lit the fire got butter and flour ready put on his saucepans then cooked stirred tasted seasoned until dinner-time then he entered in triumph and announced le dîner est servi for six months he passed three or four days a week cooking for montjoy this novelist book says in connection with the fact that great cooks in france have been men of literary culture and literary men often fine cooks it is not surprising that literary men have always formed the entourage of a great chef for to appreciate thoroughly all there is in the culinary art none are so well able as men of letters accustomed as they are to all refinements they can appreciate better than others those of the table thus paying himself and confrere a delicate little compliment at the expense of the non-literary world but notwithstanding the naive self-glorification he states a fact that helps to point my moral that indifference to cooking does not indicate refinement intellect or social preeminence brillat savarin grave judge as he was an abstemious eater yet has written the book of books on the art of eating it was he who said tell me what you eat i will tell you what you are as pregnant with truth as the better known proverb it paraphrases malherbe loved to watch his cook at work i think it was he who said a coarse-minded man could never be a cook and charles baudelaire the poe of france takes a poet's view of our daily wants when he says that an ideal cook must have a great deal of the poet's nature combining something of the voluptuary with the man of science learned in the chemical principles of matter although he goes farther than we care to follow when he says that the question of sauces and seasoning requires a chapter as grave as a feuilleton de science it has been said by foreigners that americans care nothing for the refinements of the table but i think they do care i have known many a woman in comfortable circumstances long to have a good table many a man aspire to better things and if he could only get them at home would pay any money but the getting them at home is the difficulty on a table covered with exquisite linen glass and silver whose presiding queen is more likely than not a type of the american lady graceful refined and witty on such a table with such surroundings will come the plentiful coarse commonplace dinner the chief reason for this is lack of knowledge on the part of our ladies know how to do a thing yourself and you will get it well done by others but how are many of them to know the daughters of the wealthy in this country often marry struggling men and they know less about domestic economy than ladies of the higher ranks abroad 
not because english or french ladies take more part in housekeeping but because they are at home all their lives ladies of the highest rank never go to a boarding or any other school and these are the women who with some few exceptions know best how things should be done they are at home listening to criticisms from papa who is an epicure perhaps on the shortcomings of his own table or his neighbours from mamma as to what the soup lacks why cook is not a cordon bleu etc while our girls are at school far away from domestic comments deep in the agonies of algebra perhaps and directly they leave school in many cases they marry as a preparation for the state of matrimony most of them learn how to make cake and preserves and the very excellence of their attainments in that way proves how easy it would be for them with their dainty fingers and good taste to far excel their european cousins in that art which a french writer says is based on reason health common sense and sound taste here let me say i do not by any means advocate a woman who can afford to pay a first-rate cook avoiding the expense by cooking herself on the contrary i think no woman is justified in doing work herself that she has the means given her to get done by employing others i have no praise for the economical woman who from a desire to save does her own work without necessity for economy it is not her work the moment she can afford to employ others it is the work of some less fortunate person but in this country it often happens that a good cook is not to be found for money although the raw material of which one might be made is much oftener at hand and if ladies would only practice the culinary art with as much nay half as much assiduity as they give to a new pattern in crochet devote as much time to attaining perfection in one dish or article of food be it perfect bread or some french dish which father brother or husband goes to delmonico's to enjoy as they do to the crochet tidies or embroidered rugs with which they decorate their drawing-rooms they could then take the material in the shape of any ambitious girl they may meet with and make her a fine cook in the time they take to make a dozen tidies they would have a dozen dishes at their fingers ends and let me tell you the woman who can cook a dozen things outside of preserves in a perfect manner is a rarity here and a good cook anywhere for by the time the dozen are accomplished she will have learned so much of the art of cooking that all else will come easy one good soup bouillon and you have the foundation of all others two good sauces white sauce and brown les sauces mères, as the french call them mothers of all other sauces and all others are matters of detail learn to make one kind of roll perfectly as light plump and crisp as delmonico's and all varieties are at your fingers ends you can have kringles vienna rolls kritznock horns yorkshire tea cakes english sally lunns and bath buns all are then as easy to make as common soda biscuit in fact in cooking as in many other things ce n'est que le premier pas que coûte failures are almost certain at the beginning but a failure is often a step toward success if we only knew the reason of the failure end of chapter one